Welcome to the Saint Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Our vision is to bring hope to the people of East London, and I'm praying that you would feel so encouraged by this week's talk. Good morning, everyone. Why don't you grab a seat? It is Vision Sunday, and what we do twice a year is have a little look at where we're going as a church community. So welcome to your visitor today. We are so excited you're here. Hopefully it's going to fill you in on a little bit of our story and where we're going. But if you are part of the church and you're wondering, how can I respond in this moment to what God is doing? This is going to be a key moment for us as a community as we share a little bit of the plans for the year ahead. And uh, before we do that, I'd love to just encourage you, you should have two bits of paper that are important that you're going to need on your seats. One is a thing called the Vision Sunday Update. Uh, And I'd love you to get that out. And at any point during this uh, talk, if you are bored, you just look at this. And uh, that's great. You can just read this. And if you're a stats person, you're going to find lots of stats on there. Uh, And this is going to give you a snapshot of what is happening in the life of the community. Loads of encouraging things. The growth we're seeing. People coming to know Jesus. uh, Lives getting turned around. And also you're going to see that uh, what we do twice a year is we take up an offering towards the vision. And we'll do that this week in a moment, we're going to have a chance to respond. And, and this is just because we don't do this every week. We just twice a year share the needs of the church with everyone and have a chance to respond. And you'll see that the, uh, the offering we're taking up today is towards the gap between our projected income and our projected expenditure. And that gap at the moment is £321,207. So if you are here this morning and uh, God would move you in any way, we are praying that you might respond with generosity. And then the second thing that you're going to need is a gift card. And this is going to turn what we're talking about into reality in that this is a chance for us to respond with our giving and we're going to take up an offering and you'll need that card later. And we're praying today that God would stir us as a community to play our part in this vision to bring hope to the people of East London and beyond. That we as a church community would not be spectators, we would be participators in the life of God. And so that's what we're doing today. And to remind us what we're involved in, Today, we meet across six locations, 14 different services, and have a little look at the screens for a snapshot of all that has been going on in the life of God here in this community. Have a little look at this update. Isn't that encouraging? (laughs) I love it. We're like, do we clap? What do we do? so encouraging seeing what God is doing. And um, we are now actually joined now by those watching online in Leighton and in West Ham. So I wonder if we might just welcome those who are joining us from across St. Today is kind of a family meeting. We're joining up together and there's lots of excitement I'm going to share today. But uh, really one church, one dream, one vision to bring hope to the people of East London. And so if you're watching in Leighton and West Ham, welcome. We're really glad you're here. We're excited to be together today. And I hope the TV thing is not too weird. The great thing is if you fall asleep, no one's going to, like the preacher's not going to care. He's not going to know. So snooze your heart out. Um, And Listen, today what I'm going to try and do is take a few minutes to set a little bit of direction for where we're going in the year ahead in 2024. Uh, I am really bad at public transport traveling, just generally. I get lost really easily. Um, Like the the overground, there are only two ways you can go on the overground. It's either Hybernisington or it's Stratford. I get lost the whole time. I get off at the wrong station. I'm like, this is not Hackney Central. It's Homerton on my days. What happened? Like, honestly, and I find it helpful when they say on public transport, this train is calling at, at the next station is Highbury Nissington because that's where I've got to get off. A little bit like that in life, what we're doing today as a church community is saying, this is where we're heading. This is who we're going to become. And, and this is a chance for us to get on board. 
And I want to talk a little bit about the vision in the context of, while this is really exciting, and you can see amazing numbers here, and some quite big numbers, the offering we're going to take up. This is not about numbers. It's not actually about our activity. What we're going to look at today is not what we're going to do, but I want to look at who we're becoming. Because the vision isn't activity, it's presence. It's not what we do, it's who we're with that will change the world. So today what I'm going to do is unpack for us the kind of DNA of the culture of a church we want to be, the church we're growing up to become. And whether you're watching in West Ham, in Leighton, whatever service you're watching at, this is for all of us to hold around who do we want to become as a church community. Over the past year, we've been experiencing the most profound and beautiful work of the Holy Spirit in our midst. This little community has experienced a kind of outpouring. The lower we seem to learn to go, the more of Jesus we seem to learn to grab hold of. We're learning so much. We're hearing these stories of God at work in our midst. We're learning to like normalize a slightly different, a slightly new way of doing church where we're just going to wait on the Lord, where we're going to linger in his presence, where we're going to do the space, the work of repentance and reconciliation. And then there's fruit, hundreds of people falling into the kingdom of God. You know, it says in here like over 300 people have made commitments to follow Jesus. Like last week, 50 people in this building decided to follow Jesus, to commit their lives to follow him. This isn't business as normal. This is extraordinary. This is Jesus' work. What we're learning is, is when we get out the way and we say, Jesus, would you build your church? Then amazing things happen. And among the fruit we're seeing, it's the brokenness of the young that is most moving. I think of the 20-something cocaine addict being powerfully delivered of his addiction at church here. Or the young medic who stumbles into church and experiences the presence of God and is radically set free from, as he said, porn and pills. God is changing people. And a lot of it is kind of unglamorous. It's unseen. You can't put it on an Instagram post. It's, it's hidden. It's behind the scenes. It's the deep work in the spaces of consecration, the commitment to lead differently, to, to work towards relational reconciliation, to learn to contend in prayer, the awkward learning how to pray if you're not a natural prayer. Like, let's, how, do we, how do we call on God to keep coming back to the, the hidden place of prayer, to worship, to go deeper, to grow with God? And while the headlines are of doom and decline and division in the church, the reality we are seeing is one of regeneration, revitalization, and preparation. And that's a little bit of what I want to talk about today. What does it mean for us? Like, what have we learned over this last season? And how is it going to impact who we're becoming as a church community? Well, here's what I reckon is going on. I think we are standing on the shore at a moment when the tide is turning. We're seeing some things decline, but we're seeing a whole load of things start to fill up 
and come to life. And there's this moment when the tide turns, where the sea starts to kind of bubble and brood. And that's what we're seeing, I believe, at the moment. This is a season of preparation. And what I want to do today is go to Exodus, to a passage that may be familiar with you, where Moses encounters God for himself, face to face. Exodus 33, and we get an insight into the heart of God, but also we get an insight in how we can be shaped as the people of God in following what God is doing. So go with me, Exodus 33, verses 7 to 18. Let me read this to us. It says this, Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distant away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrance to their tents. Notice that. Watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. And whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they all stood and worshipped, each at the entrance to their tent. So you've got this thing going on where God meets with Moses in a tent outside of the camp. And when it happens, everyone stands outside their own tent and they begin to worship. Hold that image in your mind for a moment. Then it says this verse 11, The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide, Joshua son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Hold that image in your head. Moses said to the Lord, you've been telling me, lead these people. You've not let me know whom you'll send with me. You've said, I know you by name and you found favor with me. If you're pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember, this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you're pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? Then the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. Show me your glory. That's our prayer. Lord, would you show us your glory? What's the vision? Who do we want to become as a church? Well, three things I want to quickly draw out of this, three threads. The first is that we would be a church who prioritize pursuing God's presence. Like nothing else is going to work. Like we want to be a church that just makes space for the presence of Jesus. Exodus 33, verse 10. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshipped, each at the entrance to their tent. And the Lord would speak with Moses face to face as one speaks with a friend. How do you pursue God's presence? Well, the first thing is, notice that the people are watching. Whenever the people saw the cloud of God's glory, they would respond. Many years ago, my wife and I 
traveled around Asia. We ended up in India at one point, and we were staying in this beautiful part of India where it's a, there's a tiger sanctuary. And we thought, well, let's go. We'll pay our money. We got up really early in the morning. We kind of got on a jeep, and we went into the hills, and the, the guy said, you're definitely going to see a tiger. It's really exciting. We know where the tigers are. We're going to get there. And they explained all the way about the conservation work they do. And we were like, it was really hyped. We got there. We were like, so excited. We get to see a tiger. And they said, look, it's going to be round this corner. I kind of think it was, thinking about it now, as I say it out loud, it kind of sounded like a bit of a setup. Because like, they were like, we know where the tiger is. It's round the corner. We're going to go around the corner, and there's the tiger. And we drive around the corner. And they're like, wait. We're going to sit here, and we're going to wait for the tiger. And it's going to come out from behind that bush any minute. A minute goes by. Ten minutes go by. Half an hour goes by. An hour goes by. And we're not allowed to move because we're in a tiger sanctuary. Not a good idea to kind of wander off. We're sitting there in the Jeep. They're like, any minute now. And I'm like one of these people who's like, I'm just not very good at sitting still for very long. So an hour and a half later, I'm looking completely the other way. And I hear this, (gasps) and everybody in the Jeep is like, did you see it? tiger click 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 the photos and I'm like no I didn't see the tiger I was looking at the parrot over there I missed the tiger I was like I've paid a lot of money to come in this jeep I've sat here for an hour and a half and I was looking at the crucial moment in the wrong direction thankfully they went around the corner and there was like four or five tigers sitting there I think they've been sitting there all along having their breakfast just chilling and they were like trying to hype it up don't be looking the wrong way when God begins to move don't miss what God has for you in your portion of time allocated outside of eternity on this earth. It is perfectly possible to go through the days that God has given you on earth here and wholly be looking in the wrong direction and miss what God is doing. They all stood and they worshipped at the entrance of their tents. Think about this for a moment. They are watching. The tent of meeting is over here where Moses is meeting with Joshua. But in that moment when God comes and the presence of God is there, every single tent in that camp becomes a tent of meeting. Every single person has an encounter with God because they are paying attention to the presence of God. They're mindful. They are pursuing the presence of God. Sunday, when we gather, we want to make space to linger and pursue the presence of God. But you know what? Tomorrow morning, you ain't going to be in this tent. You're going to be at work or at home or at school or in the library. Wherever you find yourself tomorrow, that place is the place where God wants to bring his presence. He wants to encounter you in the place you find yourself on a Monday morning. You know in the Hebrew, the word for worship, the place of encounter, the word for worship is the same word as the word for work. They didn't draw a line between Sunday and Monday and nor are we. Would you pursue the presence of God? Would you encourage the people around you? Hey, let me know how you're getting on at work on Monday. If you've got a tough meeting, let's pray that Jesus walks in the room with you. Could we be a community that learns to pursue the presence of God? And not only that, but we want to have the closest possible relationship with God as a community. Notice this beautiful phrase, God speaks with Moses face to face. As a friend would speak with a friend. 
You know when you're close friends with somebody, you know how? You're done with small talk. You know you get to that place in friendship where you don't have to like performatively say, well, well, fill the silence. When you're just happy to sit and waste time together. When you're just happy to like, let's just go walk and you can walk for half an hour and nobody's chatting about anything. You're just pleased to be with them. That's real friendship. Moses would be with God and he'd be with them face to face like a friend just being with him. I want us to be that kind of church. That our eyes would be so fixed on God that we wouldn't miss him, that we'd encounter him in the Monday as well as the Sunday and we'd watch him face to face. We have three kids. When they're all very small, we'd say to them, hey, listen. And they would like run around and we'd say, look, we've got to talk to you about something that's important. Why it's important not to throw knives at the kitchen table, whatever it may be. And I'd use this phrase, hey, look, listen with your eyes. Listen with your eyes. We turn their faces to hear us. If we want to grow in the knowledge and love of God and be parented by God, we've got to learn to listen with the whole of our souls, the eyes of our heart. Read the Bible, pray. That's the kind of church we want to become. So could we learn as a community to prioritize the presence of God? Wherever you're watching, it's online in Leighton and West Ham. We want to make space for this, to be the kind of church community that spends time, which leads me to the second thing. The second thing is this. We want to be a church that lingers in love. Lingers in love. Look with me at verse 11. Moses returned to the camp, but his young aide, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Joshua represents a younger generation. It was Joshua who would inherit the promised land. It was Joshua who would see the battles won in the future, who would cross the Jordan and step into Jericho and see the walls come tumbling down. Moses never set foot in the promised land. It was Joshua that broke through. You know, there are some of you in this room who are a Joshua generation. Maybe you are young biologically. Maybe you are young pneumatologically. Maybe God is renewing you on the inside. There is a stirring in this moment that every single one of us would learn the secret that Joshua learned, that before we go, we have to grow, and the way we grow is by lingering in the presence of God. When we linger, we receive God's love. A moment with God is not a moment wasted. So we want to be a church that has a culture of waiting on the Lord. As Isaiah knew, those who wait on the Lord, what? Renew their strength. That's why we want to wait. Brother Lawrence says this, I cannot imagine how religious persons can live satisfied without the practice of the presence of God. For my part, I keep myself retired in him, in the depths of the center of my soul as much as I can. And while I'm also with him, I fear nothing. But the least turning from him is insupportable. Could we be a community that encourages one another to linger in the presence of God? Because there is where we are transformed. Your temptation is to get distracted. There's people, there's agenda, there's chat, there's screens. Would we be the kind of community that learns to just linger that pours out our oil, that wastes ourselves in the presence of God. Let me be practical for a moment. Could you make it your ambition? 
Could you almost make it a holy commitment to come and spend yourself in worship? That worship would be the fire that lights revival in this generation. That we build such a sense of holiness around Jesus and his love that it would burn through everything else. It would change us from the inside out. But to do that, we can't do it on our own. So can I encourage you in this season, would you come? Would you linger? Would you grow? I'm reminded of some friends who are actually here at this service in Hackney, who a Vision Sunday or two ago, they, they, they heard me speak about this and they were like, oh, we're going to make the commitment to come to church every Sunday. I don't know why that's a big deal. Like, like every Sunday. And week in, week out, I'd see them. They'd be like, oh, it is such a pain. We had like football, we canceled it. We had this invitation, we canceled it. We've made a commitment to be here. But I watched over that year as God worked in their lives and so many lives in this room. When we prioritize lingering in the love of God, it begins to transform us from the inside out. So can I encourage you in 2024, make a choice. Don't let this be one among many things that you do on a Sunday. Let's prioritize going to the house of the Lord together, fellowship with one another, encouraging one another, being in the room, lingering in love, and see what happens. And I want to speak for a moment to the younger people in the room, maybe those watching online. We as a church want to recognize that God is powerfully on the move in your lives. And I say this with a sense of holy reverence. We are seeing a move of God happen right now among the young. And I want to encourage you, if you are here and you are a younger person, to linger with intent, to stay in the tent and worship. And those of us who have been around the block a little bit longer, like me, you're in the Moses category maybe, our job is to so pursue God that we create a canopy of faith so that younger generations would come forth and take the promised land of tomorrow. You know, don't, don't get me wrong, if you're older and you've been around the block like me, you're not discounted from the work of God. In fact, it's essential that you're here so that you can create the tent where others are going to come and flourish and be empowered. That's why we have kids' work and youth work and the students' work. And, and actually, every one of you here who's younger than, I guess, me, could you step into that place where you... Pray, linger, meet with God. And those of us who have been around longer, our call in this moment is to create space in the tent so that you might encounter God and fight the battles of the future in Jesus' name. And then the third thing we see is this. Can we be a church that goes with Glory goes with God's glory. Look at this, Exodus 33. Moses is not giving up on God. He's like, hey, I am going to pursue your presence. I'm going to meet with you face to face. I'm going to stay in the tent. I'm not going anywhere. But there's one thing, God. Do not send us up from here unless you go with us. And Moses is answered by God. God speaks to him and says, I'm going to go with you, Moses. You're all good. Go for it. But Moses doesn't let go. Notice this, he is persistent. He grabs hold of God. Now maybe you have friends like this. They like, 
when you like WhatsApp them, it's never like a one message answer. Do you have a friend like this? On the WhatsApp chat group, they are like, they always come back with like five or six messages. You're like, yeah, great, I'll see you at 7 p.m. And they come back to you like, here's what we're going to do. And it's like message after message, they will not let go. Moses is like this with God. He's like, hey, would you not send this up out of here unless you come with us? And the Lord says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest, verse 14. That's amazing. What a promise. I'll be like, that's great. I'm out of here. I got the presence of God. I'm gonna get, it's going to be rest as well. But Moses is like, no, I need more. <laughs> he goes at this. Then Moses said to him, if your presence doesn't go with us, don't send us up out of here. What's going to make us different from anywhere else? I get it, Moses. Okay, let me, let me just say again. The, Mo, the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you've asked because I'm pleased with you and I know you by name. Amen. And you'd think that was all right. We'd be done. We'd be good. Off we go. But no, Moses continues. Then Moses says, verse 18, now show me your glory. I want us to be a church that's not satisfied with a quick answer from God. I want us to be a church that wrestles with the mystery of God in the moments of tragedy, when we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, when we're going through bereavement and loss, when we're going through tricky situations in our personal lives, when life is hard, we look at the headlines, we think this is not easy. We want to go through life hanging on to God, wrestling with Him, like Jacob wrestled with the angels, said, I'm not letting you go until you bless me, God. Like Abraham, he says, Lord, do not pass us by. Like Moses said, I'm not going out of here unless you send me with your presence. And even then, show me your glory. It's not enough just simply to be in church. I don't want to do religion as a hobby. I want the real thing. Show me your glory, God. Like Jesus who came and said, now look, it's time to go. I'm going to send you to make disciples. Jerusalem, Judea, the ends of the earth. Go and Paul says, I'm going to go. I'm going to be knocked off my horse. I'm empowered. And he goes. Peter goes. You read the story of the church. They go all the way through the letters. They're like, go. This outward motion of the kingdom of God starts in the presence of God. You can't have one without the other. Friends, we want to be a church that sees a generation come home to Jesus. But to do that, we've got to be a church that is saturated with the glory of God. Our lives need to be buckets full of his presence. Broken as we are, we're all that God's got right now in Hackney. It's us in Shoreditch, in West Ham, in Leighton. We are alive in this moment in history. That's why we want to go with glory, go with God's presence. If we don't go, God will raise up others, and that's great. But I don't want to miss out what God's doing in this moment. We're in this moment where the church is desperately needed in the world. Look at the world, it's so broken. There is so much injustice. There is so much suffering. There are wars and rumors of wars. There's injustice. The big ones, racism, classism, elitism, things that hold people down. How are we going to see those changed? We've got to go with the glory of God. We've got to go with the presence of God. Otherwise, we'll just do it in our own strength and it won't work. And that's our prayer as a church, that we'll be a community that go with God's glory To do this, we need to raise our expectation of what God will do. You know, sometimes I wonder if we set our sights a little bit low. Like we settle for the first thing God says. Like we want to say, Lord, there must be more. 
We want you to open the heavens over our church community, over East London, over Leyden, over West Ham. Four times in my life, I've had the privilege of standing under an open heaven, under outpouring. The first was when I was a new Christian in 1995, and the wind of the Spirit blew through the church in this generation, in the UK certainly. And the impact of it was a restoration of the power of God in our midst. People experiencing the power of God. And it lasted for many years. And the fruit of that is all around us. Alpha, church planting, 24-7. The work happening in the prisons. A lot of great things came of that moment. 94, the wind swept through. The power of God was restored. The second time I stood under an outpouring was we had the privilege of traveling to China in the early 2000s, the noughties. And I got to meet in a room with some of the leaders of the underground church in China. We were doing some uh, training. And one of the things that's extraordinary is seeing the impact of what revival looks like on people's friends. Here were a bunch of young leaders, look like many of you, just young people going about their day-to-day lives. And the question they had is, God is moving so powerfully in our midst, people are just throwing themselves into the kingdom of God. You know, if they'd run an alpha, everyone would have been converted on week one. They were asking the question, how do we disciple people? Because people are flooding in through the doors of the underground churches. What would that look like for us? The third time I stood under an open heaven, I had the privilege of visiting a church in South Korea, Dr. Yonggi Cho's church, where they had seen revival spread from the 1950s where there was less than 1% of the population were worshipping Jesus to today where over half of the nation are now Christian. That revival, that outpouring began in the 50s and carried on the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, still going on today, impacting much of Asia. And what was the secret to what God was doing there? Simply this intense intercession and prayer. Like the anointing on that was for prayer. Like I remember leading, I was had the privilege of leading worship at this gathering of church leaders. There were 11,000 people in the church building. It's a little bit bigger than this. And I stood up and I said, we're going to worship now. And as we worship, let's pray. And I opened my eyes and there was this extraordinary sound like a rushing wind. It sounded incredible. And I looked around and the whole room had exploded in prayer. Like no one had said, we're all going to pray out loud now. They were just like crying out to God for revival. And it carried on for like 10, 15 minutes. We were just crying out to God. I was like, I thought I knew how to pray. This is incredible. That was the third time we stood under an open heaven. The fourth time was last year when I sat with those students at Asbury. And I watched tens of thousands of people sit under the presence of Jesus. Utterly transformed those people. What would it look like for us to say, God, we we have a vision. You know, we can give a little bit. (laughs) We can join a connect group, a team, a crew. We can sign up to help. But above all, Lord, if your presence doesn't come, we're not going out of here. Could we go with glory? One of the things that we believe in as well is church planting. Church planting is the most effective strategy under heaven for evangelism. 
You want to see a community revitalized? You want to see drug addiction go down and knife crime go down? You want to see people get filled with love and hope? Put a local church there, a vibrant church community. And up to now, we've planted churches partnering across East London. There are six locations today joining together, 14 services. But we're going to do our first church plant outside of East London. We've been working on this for a while, a couple of years in the mix, and I'm really excited today to be able to announce that we're partnering with a bunch of churches in Margate to plant a church there on the southeast coast of England. It's so exciting. I know, isn't it great? We announced this at the 10 a.m. in Shoreditch this morning. The formal announcement was made, but I wanted to let you know today, whether you're in West Ham or Leighton, that very excitingly, we're planning a church, not just in Margate, but when you plant a church, you send your A-team. You send the Joshuas. You send those who've been waiting and getting ready. And we've got an amazing team here, and you don't want to send, like, the B-team. You want to send the best of the best. And so we're sending, like, the best. We're sending Mark and Jenna Nelson, who have been the associate directors of Help Build Saint for the last... I really feel like quite emotional saying it because Mark has been an extraordinary part of this story. And Jenna, they are the most incredible family. But they have accepted the invitation of the Bishop of Dover to go and be appointed after a bit of a process that's coming up into leading this new chapter in Margate. And here to tell you a bit about it are Mark and Jenna. So have a little look at the screens. We are delighted to let you know the exciting news that Saint has been invited to plant a church in Margate and that Jenna and I have accepted the invitation from the Bishop of Dover to lead this new church plant. We're going to be heading to Margate this summer with our three children and hopefully a team from Saint to lead what will be called Margate Church. And Margate is a beautiful seaside town on the southeast coast of England just a short train ride from East London. Sort of like East London, but with amazing beaches. Margate has a vibrant creative community and a cultural renaissance has been taking place there with galleries, artists, entrepreneurs and creatives making it their home. There are lots of young people and families, but also very high deprivation and need. The vision of Margate Church is that Jesus, the way, the truth and the life would impact everyone who lives there. That there would be a spiritual renewal in Margate and beyond. The region itself is home to over 140,000 people with less than 1% currently engaging with church. We're so grateful to you all as we partner on this new adventure and we would especially love to ask you to pray for the launch of Margate Church this summer. Yeah, so please keep tracking with us. Let us know if you're interested to find out more about how you can be directly involved. And thank you so much for your prayers, your generosity and your partnership. You can stay in touch online and on Instagram right now at margate.church. It's going to be a wild adventure and loads of fun. It's going to be fun. So exciting, isn't that amazing? And you're going to hear loads more about this in the future, but... I can't wait to see what God does through this partnership, through this new chapter. You're going to get to heaven and you're going to be in the queue for coffee. I don't know how it works in heaven, right? No one knows. No eye has seen, no ear has heard. But let's say you're in the queue for coffee and you turn around the person next to you and they're like, hey, where are you from? I'm from Hackney, Leighton, Shoreditch, West Ham, from Saint. Oh, where are you from? Do you know what? I'm from Margate. I became a Christian through a church 
that was just around the corner from me when I was at a moment in my life where I needed help and I went and it was there. And are you guys anything to do with that? That's the vision, that we play our part in bringing hope, that we'd pursue the presence of God together so that we'd learn to linger in his presence and we'd be formed and shaped like a Joshua generation so that we might go with him to the ends of the earth, Jerusalem, Judea, Hackney, Shoreditch, Leighton, Margate. And so what we're doing today is responding as a church to where God is calling us to go, but more than that, who God is calling us to be. We're going to take up an offering in a moment, and there are really four ways if you want to kind of get on board and be part of this story. If you want to be a member of Saint, I, people say sometimes, how do you get involved in Saint? I've I, I come along a few times, I want to get involved. What does it look like to be involved in Saint? Well, here are the four things that we ask everyone who calls this church their home to do. Firstly, to give. That's why we got one of these. In the moment, we're going to take up an offering. But, but really, I'd love to encourage you to start giving regularly if you don't yet give. The best way to give is to start giving on a regular basis, once a month or however you want to do it. And this is a, a chance to do that. And it doesn't matter. The amount, in a sense, isn't important. What's important is that we move from being consumers to being contributors. It'll change you. That's why Jesus teaches so much about giving. In fact, it's the most popular subject Jesus talks about. If you looked at like the things Jesus teaches on, the number one thing he'll often speak on, one-fifth of his parables are about money and possessions. Why? Because God knows that it's important that we don't worship our material possessions, that we're not consumed by that. And the way we do that is by practicing generosity. So the first thing I love to encourage you, start giving today. This is a moment when the sign on the bus is, here's where we're going. Move from being a spectator to being a participator. And you can do that today using one of these. The second thing, I'd love to encourage you to connect, to join a crew, join a connect group, belong. It'll move you again from being someone who's just like watching on the sidelines to playing on the pitch. And there's loads of ways you can get involved. Some of them are in this card. You can find out all the different teams and crews you can join today. Third thing is we'd love to encourage you to pray. And we are going to need to pray because there's a lot going on. God is on the move. We want to see an awakening in our generation. We've got to pray. That's why we gather to pray Monday nights now, every Monday night, just over the road, seven till eight, house of prayer. The joint prayer gatherings we've been doing here. But can I encourage you to start to pray that God would move powerfully, would increase his presence in our generation. We'd be part of something extraordinary. And the third is to belong. Like, find friends. Do life together. Encourage one another. Build community. Join a connect group. How will you respond today? Well, let me ask you this. What kind of life do you want to live? Will you notice when God's on the move? Or will you be looking the other way? Will you respond in this moment because with the eyes of faith, you see that the Spirit is doing something? Or will we miss out? I, for one, I want to respond. I want to be counted when I look back from eternity as being available to God in this moment. What kind of decisions are we going to make today? You know, maybe you're here and you don't know what you think yet about Jesus. Maybe you're not yet a believer in Jesus. Maybe you haven't given your life to follow him or you know about him, but he is not the Lord of your life. Well, the most important thing you can give today is to give your heart to him, to give your life to him. Walk out of him, walk out of here with the assurance that he goes with you like Moses did. 
And that's possible today because Jesus is alive. He's here. And he's got a plan for your life. I want to encourage us right now to pray. And we only do this twice a year, Vision Day. And, you know, what we're going to give today is going to go towards the running cost of the church, the growth we're seeing, Margate. We want to encourage that plant to grow. We want to send them with a team and people. If you want to move to Margate, move to Margate. Amen. But you know, could, we, could we sacrificially sow into what's going to happen? We want to see in this moment the seeds of awakening sown for a Joshua generation among our young people. And that's going to require faith. So we're going to pray. And I'm simply going to ask that, that we take a moment, take a gift card. It's the offering today. If you're a visitor or you're watching online, this is just treat this as you would do the normal offering at church. But if you are a member of Saint in Leighton and West Ham, we're going to pray. And in a moment, I'm going to hand back to those leading the services there. And here we're going to take a moment to pray. So let me pray. Father, I pray today that as we follow you, your glory would go with us that right across East London, people would experience hope in Jesus' name. That every one of us would respond today. That we wouldn't be looking the wrong direction. That we would be moved today to not just give our hearts to follow you, but to pour out all that we have to give our lives. So that when we get to heaven and we look back, would have seen thousands of people impacted. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's talk. If you'd like to find out more, give or connect with us, visit our website, saint.church. Have a great week and we'll see you soon.